right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Come on, let's make some noise for Jesus. Come on, it's good to be back in the house. Welcome, everybody. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor, and we just want to say how much of a privilege it is to have all of you here at our Florence campus, and everybody up in Lawrenceburg, come on, can we show them some love? It's good to have you in the house. And for all of those who are joining us online, thanks so much for tuning in from wherever you are. Again, we are shocked and surprised every week that literally we have people tune in from all over this nation. We just want to say welcome. It's so good to have you with us. If you're a VIP, this is your first time either attending or tuning in. We want to say welcome, and we say for everybody, we believe this, that Jesus, come on, is the hope of the world. So whatever your struggle is, whatever your challenge, whatever your issue, we just want to encourage you to open up your heart, to lean into his promises and his word, and I believe it'll be the greatest thing that you've ever done. Come on, one more time. Come, is anybody excited to be back in the house? Well, listen, as we jump into a brand new series, I, I want to make sure that that's very clear. It's been a while since we've been in the building, and maybe, again, if you're new to Faith Church, we teach primarily through series, which means any single message, hopefully God will use it to speak to your life and to challenge you, and we, we believe that God will use it. However, what we do here is we'll take a subject, and for a series of weeks, we'll kind of dig into that subject to make sure we cover it really well, that God can use it to speak to our lives. And so this series, entitled Homework, is going to be a seven-week series, which means that if you're only here today or only watching today, you're going to get something out of it. But if you want to maximize what God has to say to your life, I would encourage you to do the best you can to either tune in or show up or watch it through the week, this entire series. Amen? I want to pray, man. I've not got to pray with you guys. I've been praying for you. And so, Father, I love you, God. Thank you for the privilege, God, to be in your house, to worship you, God, to gather with people who are watching online from all over this nation. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you will show up, that you'll speak to lives, you'll transform homes and hearts. And God, we give you all the glory for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody who agreed said amen. amen. Come on. This is a talk back sport. Don't let me do all the talking today. It's good to see you guys. Well, listen, I know that this is true, that oftentimes through ingenuity and invention, that people often find a better way to do things, a better way, all right? Somebody eventually came up with a better way to do safety. And I say safety specifically, I mean seatbelts, because some of you are my age or maybe a little bit older, and you came from the generation where the safety of the seatbelt was mom or dad's arm. Come on, that when, when, the, when the brakes were hit, the only thing that kept your face from eating the dashboard was mom or dad doing this. Come on. Anybody remember that? Like sliding around on the front bucket seat, holding on for dear life. Anybody remember those days? And then somebody came up with better seat belts, right? There's a better way to do safety. There's a better way not just to do safety. There's a better way to do communication. Again, some of us, many of us who are watching this, we grew up in a generation where the way you communicated was through a single line attached to a wall in a house, and you could take one phone call at a time. Let's go. There's nothing worse than when you wanted to talk to your girlfriend, you just kept getting the busy signal. Like, you don't get that anymore. You get voicemail. There's a better way to communicate. There's a better way. Somebody came up with a better way to access information. Come on, does anybody remember? Again, I know I'm going old school. Anybody remember back in the day? Specifically, I remember this, that oftentimes you would have to do like a science project, especially a leaf collection. We had leaf collection people in the house. Anybody remember having to do a leaf collection? Like you'd have to collect like 30 leaves and identify them. And in those days, you would have to go to the library 
and there were like 300 fifth graders doing a leaf collection, and your local library had three books on how to identify leaves. And whoever got there first got the A. Everybody else got like a C minus. But now, right, you don't have to go to a local library and have a library card and find the books and check them out. Come on, now all you got to do is Google, baby. There's a better way. There's a better way to do so many things. Did you know this, that there's a better way to do life? There's a better way to do life. In fact, that is very specifically one of the promises that Jesus made. Jesus came and made this promise that there's a better way for you and I to do life. Now, what's crazy is as soon as I say the word Jesus, probably for many people who are watching this, we want to relegate what Jesus had to say to the religious area of our life and keep them out of the regular area of our life, right? There's this thing we do where we try to compartmentalize that, right, we have our Sunday life and that's maybe when we go to church and that's when we pray and like that's when we hear about the Bible, that's when we talk about Jesus and then Monday through Saturday we go, we leave our religious life behind then we go do our regular life and our regular life is different from our religious life. However, what you find is, is really clear to this is that, that, think about this, your life isn't compartmentalized. Every area that you would try to compartmentalize from family, relationships, money, work, mental health, all of those are not compartmentalized. They all bleed into each other. Your mental health impacts your marriage and, and your finances impact your home, right? I mean, they're all blended together. And so Jesus wants you to know this is so clear that Jesus, right, he didn't come to influence a section of your life. He came to be savior over your entire life. Come on, when Jesus showed up, Jesus didn't come to save you spiritually. Jesus came to save your marriage, save your home, save your kids, save your mental health. Come on, Jesus came to give you joy and peace and righteousness. Come on, Jesus showed up for the whole package. Is anybody thankful that there's a better way to do life? In fact, he said this in John 10.10. Jesus said, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Isn't that awesome? I want you to make sure you get that because Jesus is saying that there are like two options really in life. I know we feel like there's more, but he said there are two strategies out there. One, that we have a real enemy and he wants to steal and kill and destroy your life. But Jesus said the reason I showed up wasn't to make you religious. Jesus said I showed up so you could really discover and figure out and find out what real life looks like. And maybe you've been exposed to a type of religion or a certain type of church and you thought that was life and it was a bad experience, so you fell out. So you didn't just walk away from church. You walked away from Jesus, what Jesus had to say. And maybe through this series, I just want to invite you. I'm not inviting you back to church. I'm inviting you back to Jesus. Yeah. If you lean into what Jesus had to say, I believe with all of my heart that you will find out that he has for you and he has for me a rich and satisfying life. Come on, anybody in this room, have you experienced a rich and satisfying life? So Jesus, the way we know that Jesus wants to be involved in our entire life is because of the way he taught and the things that he said. In fact, there is a, an area of scripture found in the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, and there's actually several chapters in a row that synonymously, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And as Jesus moves through this information and as he goes through this teaching, one of the things that we find out is for sure he does address this area that we would call our religious life. And he talks about things like prayer and fasting and giving. However, Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus, again, he bleeds into and he leans into every area of our life 
again, our, not just our religious life, but Jesus tackles our regular life, our everyday life. And he talks, about, he talks about sex, and he talks about money, he talks about anxiety and fear and forgiveness, and he talks about, he talks about divorce and marriage and sexuality. Like Jesus tackles all of these life issues, things that every one of us watching this and here in person that we deal with on a regular, daily basis. Jesus has something to say about. And so he goes for literally three chapters talking about all of these topics and discussing all of these issues and offering all of this insight. And then once he's done kind of laying this all out, he ends with this really profound section that we're going to lean into for the rest of the day. And after Jesus talks about your prayer life and mine and your sex life and mine, in your marriage and mine, in your family and mine, in your money and mine. Then he says this, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching, come on, I just have everybody here, let's just read this together. Come on, one voice. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Now notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching. I love it because right away Jesus acknowledges that his teaching is not the only teaching. That there's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions about a lot of areas of life. His isn't the only book on Amazon. He's not the only voice out there. There are lots of people that you can listen to. And I'm just going to ask you a question here this morning. Where do you get your advice from? How do you decide how to live your life, how to handle your marriage? How do you decide how to budget your money? Where, where do you get your information from? Now, there again, there are lots of sources, right? You can lean into Oprah if you want to. You can take your family advice from the Kardashians. You can get your love life from the bachelor. I mean, those are all sources that culture's leaning into. And so Jesus, in this multiplicity of voices, says, hey, I got something to say too. Not just about your religious life, but your regular life. And so... He makes it really clear, like, hey, there's lots of voices, but we just got to ask the question, like, are all voices equal? Like, everybody that has something to say, are they, they all equal? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't we agree here that there some voices have maybe more significance, more weight than somebody else? And what I want to tell you is if you're new to church, I just believe that Jesus has the greatest weight and should have the greatest influence on those areas of our life just because of who he is. And you say, well, who is he? See, there was some guys that hung out with Jesus that followed him. They were called his disciples, and they got a front-view seat, got a front-row experience to who he was, and they listened to what he said, and he wasn't just talk. He had the walk, and he saw the miracles, and they saw how he handled people, and not just good people, but real people, and after several years of following Jesus, Peter try, or Jesus tries to take the temperature of culture to find out what, what the word on the street is about who he is. In fact, he asked the question to his own disciples. He says, hey, what's the word? Who do they say that I am? And they're like, hey, this is what we've heard. Like, this is the stuff that's coming up in our feed. This is the stuff that's happening right now. Like, we keep hearing people tweet that you're a great teacher. Like, there's nobody as good of a teacher as you. Some people are even saying, Jesus, like, you're, you're, a, you're an Old Testament prophet that's come back from the dead. And Jesus is like, that's great what everybody else has to say. And this is for all of us. Everybody has an opinion about Jesus, but the most important opinion about Jesus is what your opinion is. 
Because they lean in, Jesus leans in and says, yeah, 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 I hear what everybody else has to say, but who do you say that I am? And it says this, Matthew chapter 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a prophet. You're God in the flesh. You showed up. You left heaven, wrapped yourself in humanity, and you showed up to, to walk it out, to live it out, to help us out. And Jesus answered, watch this, when he gave that answer, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood's not revealed this to you. He said, you didn't figure this out in math class. He said, like, you had this deep, heartfelt, spiritual experience, like your eyes were open in a way that is not happening every day for every person. You saw who I am. You've had a front row seat. You've witnessed my miracles. You've heard my teaching. And so you got your eyes opened by my Father who's in heaven. And he says this, and I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. What he's saying is this. He's saying once you figure out who you are, and more importantly, once you figure out who I am, it changes everything. Jesus said, I'm the Christ. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that's been talked about for thousands of years that this broken, jacked up, messed up world needed a rescuer and a redeemer and a restorer. And you've watched me rescue lives and restore broken hearts. And Peter said, I've watched it. And I, I just want you to know that you're the one that everybody's been waiting for. So when you ask, whose voice should we listen to? In the multiplicity of echoes, talking about life and money and sex and marriage and relationship, who do we listen to? I just want to challenge you to lean in and to listen to Jesus as we talk through this series because his voice isn't just another voice. It's the best voice. It's the one who showed up and declared what marriage would be because he created it. He developed relationship from the very beginning. It was his idea. So he is the best professional, profound voice on anything that you will ever go through in life. His voice matters most at least from my humble opinion. And so that's what he says. He says, again, anybody who listens to my teaching and follows it. So let's talk about that for a minute. What we're going to lean into for these next few weeks is the things that Jesus taught. He says, anybody who listens to my teaching and follows, first of all, you got to listen to it. And I recognize that for literally thousands of people that watch this, that there's probably many of you that have never really heard it. You just haven't heard it. You've not heard what Jesus really has to say about all these areas of life. And that's okay, because for the next seven weeks, I'm committed to help you to hear it. However, for many of us who are watching this, you've heard it. I'm probably not going to say much new. The challenge is, Jesus said it's not just enough to hear it. You have to follow it. And so our, my challenge, I'll, I'll show up every week prepared, and I'll bring the heat. Your job is to hear it, to receive it, and to apply it. That's what Jesus said. Anybody who hears my teaching and follows it, you've got to hear it. You've got to be committed. So, again, if you can't be here, watch online. If you can't watch online, tune in. It's available. You can podcast it. You can video cast it. You can do, it's available everywhere. And you can't just hear it. You got to receive it. Come on. How many people know that sometimes the truth is helpful and sometimes truth hurts? Come on. Has anybody ever heard something you didn't want to hear, but you needed to hear? Sometimes I need to hear from my wife. You got a bad attitude. Now she gets a worse attitude when she tells me I got a bad attitude, but I'm glad she told me. 
Come on, she's going to get the first pushback. I, I don't need to hear that I don't look good in something, but I'm glad somebody had the backbone to tell me I don't look good in it before I go out and in the culture and look like an idiot. I don't like to hear, I got this little part of my tooth right here, just one spot where if I eat, I promise you half the Thanksgiving dinner is going to hang out right there. Thank God I have some friend in my life to be like, yo, Steve, like, and I'm embarrassed for half a second, but thankfully, come on, how do you know the truth hurts? Did you know the Bible talks about God's word that it's like a scalpel? Did you know a scalpel can cut you in a way? It just doesn't even hurt. It just cuts through. It doesn't say it's just a scalpel. Sometimes it says it's a hammer, which means some of the things we're going to talk about in this series, you're not going to want to hear it, and it might even hurt. But the goal of God's word isn't just to hurt, but to bring health. So you got to sometimes break something down for you can build something up. So not just, not just hear it and not just receive it. Don't be defensive. Don't be angry. Just lean into what Jesus had to say because of who he is. And then you got to apply it, which means you can't just show up and take great notes and write some stuff down and amen, go ahead, pastor, that's good, that'll preach, and then go home and keep living the way you were living before you got here. If we would hear what he has to say, we'll receive it and we'll apply it, we will begin to experience the better life that Jesus came to bring. Come on, does anybody here want a better life? I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. Can I just take you in? Just, I miss you. So he lays it all down, and again, he says this. He brings it together. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person. Everybody say like. Like. He's, he goes into this thing. It's a simile. Some of you remember that from school. He makes a comparison. The word that's used in scripture is a parable. He takes something that was very common in life and he makes comparison to the thing that he's trying to teach. And so this is what he says. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, he's wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. He's saying, if you're going to want to really walk this thing out, he says, this is what I want to tell you. He says that you're going to make a comparison that those who take my teaching and build their life on it is the same thing as somebody who takes a house and builds it on a strong foundation, which anybody listening back then was like, everybody builds a house on a strong. Nobody would build a house on a bad foundation. Jesus is like, exactly. But some people refuse to hear what I have to say and refuse to apply it to the life. But those who hear what I have to say, and those who apply it to the life, it's like a person building a house on a strong foundation. What I want you to hear today is a strong foundation establishes a stable future. If you will get a strong foundation in your life, it will establish a stable future. And one of the things we want to lean into a few minutes is I think everybody in this room can recognize and everybody watching online that sometimes life feels incredibly unstable. Sometimes we go through seasons and we go through decisions and we go through breakups and we go through heartaches and life feels like it's crashing down around us. And Jesus says the difference in your life holding up is how stable your foundation is. And the stable foundation he offers is his teaching and what he has to say about every area of our lives. And so such a powerful, powerful word. And then he goes on, he says this, he says, he says, though the rain comes, now, this is, this is so important. So he says, he says, people are building houses. And then he says this, though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. 
Now, I hope you guys are hearing this because he says, he says this, is, this is so big. He's saying like, so rains are going to come. Floodwaters in life, they're going to rise. Winds are going to beat on your life. What he's saying is nobody gets out of this life alive. Pastor, thanks. We got out of bed to come hear that. That's very depressing. <laughs> awesome. He says, like, some of you have been around long enough, and you don't have to be around very long in this life to figure this out. You get scars. You get hurt. It doesn't matter how much you love God. It doesn't matter how much you pray. It doesn't matter how strong your faith is. Everybody goes through issues in life. And I know some churches and some people teach you that if you'll just pray hard enough and you'll give enough and you, you'll love Jesus enough that he'll put you in this warm little, like he will bubble wrap you in the mail bubble wrap and you'll go through life unfazed. And that's just not true. And the way I know that is not just from my experience because I don't build my life on my experience. I build my life on his teaching. In his teaching, he said this very clearly, that it rains on the just and the unjust alike, which means whether you love him or not, rains and storms are coming your way. He said this, he said, in this world, and he said this to his followers, in this world, you will have tribulation, which means, unfortunately, I know nobody wants to hear this, but car wrecks and cancer and tragedies and struggles happen in this life to everybody. And Jesus is making that really clear, like, hey, storms are coming your way. Now, I know many of us, what we hope for is we hope we have all the money, all the health, and our daughters only love boys that remind us of Jesus, but that's just <laughs> not the case. It just doesn't happen. We just don't get out. We're impacted in a sinful world, a broken world. Other people's hurts come into our life. Our hurts go into other people's lives. It's the world we live in. And so Jesus says, listen to me. He says, storms are coming your way. And this is so important. This is what I want you to hear is Jesus doesn't promise a storm-free life, but a storm-proof life. Jesus is saying, what I'm offering you isn't a get out of, get out of life card. He's saying, storms are still going to come no matter how close you get to me. He says, I'm not making you a storm-free life, but I'm offering you a storm-proof life, which means no matter what hell comes your way, no matter what tragedy or heartbreak, no matter what struggle or what issue, what disappointment, Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a way through my teaching to have a better life that when the storm comes, your life will still stand. Come on, somebody, and that's what we need. I mean, such, such a profound thing, and I want you to know that through this series, we're going to tackle all these areas, because I know that there are so many of us who are watching this, so many of you in Lawrenceburg, so many of you here in Florence, that you have gone through storms, and for me to talk about storms, you're like, I mean, they're just like a list. You could just rack it up. You could write it down. If I could sit and talk to you, you could tell me probably with tears very easily streaming down your face the hurt and the heartbreak that you're going through. And so when Jesus talks about the storms and the torrents, don't take how easily he talks about storms as if he doesn't care. The way we know he cares is because he offers a better way. In the weight of all of our hurt and all of our heartbreak, he carried on the cross of Calvary so you and I could live in a better way. And he says this. So here's the other side. So he offers, hey, listen, if you'll hear what I have to say and you'll apply it, he's saying you'll be like the person who builds their house on a strong foundation. And no matter how great the storms are that come your way, you're going to be stable. A strong foundation is going to determine how stable your life is. And he says this, but anyone who hears 
my teaching, i.e. you guys, y'all. Sorry, I forgot I was in the South. Y'all. Y'all. Anybody who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is... Now, I love Jesus, or I love at least the English. Jesus didn't speak English, by the way, but this comes across so gentle, doesn't it? Anybody who listens to me is wise, and anybody who doesn't listen to me is foolish. Like, it doesn't even feel bad. Like, but when I read this, like, I hear Fred Sanford, you big dummy. (laughs) Like, Jesus, this is like, this is really what, if you don't listen to me, you're just dumb. Like, that's how I picture Jesus, like, you idiot. Are you kidding me? Now, I know we don't want to hear Jesus, but Jesus is like, no, I, I, I don't just have the answer. I am the answer. And if you'll follow me, Jesus is saying, like, you'll build a life that no matter what comes your way, you will stand up underneath the weight of the storm. And if you don't want to follow me and you want to follow culture and you want to follow your friends and you want to get recommendations from Facebook, he's like, go at it. But you're foolish because my way is not just the best way. It's the only way. So you choose. You get to pick. My job is to teach it. Your job is to hear it and apply it. And I won't force you, but I'll encourage you. And so he says this. He says, anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. like a person who builds a house on sand. Watch this. That when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, the one built not on the strong foundation, it will collapse with a mighty crash. I mean, it's like Godzilla stomping through your life. I remember some of you guys, again, been around long enough. 1992, Hurricane Andrew swept through Florida. And the reason that maybe should stand out in your memory if you were alive then is because it was one of the most uh, devastating hurricanes to ever hit this nation. It hit the southeast, primarily went through Florida, and it was absolutely stunning, the devastation. Caused almost 30 billion dollars in destruction. I remember sitting at home watching the floods and watching the news as homes were just absolutely blown off the map. And it wasn't like a tornado where it just goes through a swath. I mean neighborhoods. I mean communities absolutely wiped out. Watching the devastation and the loss and the heartache, watching all of these homes that had collapsed underneath the storm. And so government, somebody got involved, and I'm not always a fan of big government coming to tell us how to lead our lives, but they made a decision because Florida is a, is a hurricane risk state. They put a new building code in order, and they decided if you're going to build from this point forward any home in the state of Florida, you're going to have to apply a new building code. And the purpose of the new building code was higher standards with thicker boards and more walls and more, more all the stuff you need, a stronger foundation that the next time a storm comes, we're not going to face the devastation because we have a stronger foundation. And so all these builders started to apply this new building code. And it cost more money to build. Make no mistake, it was, it was more costly. It took more time. But the purpose was, even though it was a greater sacrifice, you got a greater return. And 12 years later, even though in between there, there were other storms, hurricanes that come, had come through. In 2004, 12 years later, Hurricane Charlie came through. And the reason Hurricane Charlie is significant because it was almost as great of a hurricane as Hurricane Andrew. And it blew through almost the exact same region that Hurricane Andrew 12 years later had destroyed. 
And what was amazing was two things after the storm was over. Number one, how many houses were still standing this time as opposed to last time? And it was because builders built a different way this time to withstand the storms that were coming. But you know what was equally as shocking? is how many new houses still fell. And when the inspectors went in and when the insurance adjusters went in, you know what they found out? Is people heard the code. People even said they believed the code. But they refused to follow the code. And they built pre-hurricane code houses. And when the storm came and when the winds blew and when the waters rose, their house fell with a mighty crash. What I'm telling you is that you can hear the words of Jesus. You can listen to them. You can even believe them. But if you walk out of this room and you choose not to apply them, this is not a threat. But I've lived life long enough and I've watched it happen on a regular basis that mighty will be your crash. And what's crazy is all of us in this room that have experienced either firsthand personally or a friend go through a mighty crash, isn't it crazy? None of us were shocked when it happened. We could all see it coming. And Jesus said, but if you'll put in place the strong foundation, that's going to be the thing that makes you strong. It's your foundation that determines your future. Everybody say that with me. Say, it's my foundation that determines my future. See, think about again what Jesus said. Jesus said, right, everybody has a home. And when I say your home, because this series is homework, I mean what you're going to when you leave here. Some of you are going home to a, to a marriage. Some of you are going home single. Some of you are going home hoping to be married. Some of you are going home to no kids, one kid, five kids. Some of you are going home to a blended family. Some of you are going home to blue collar and white collar. Some of you are going home with no money in the bank. Some of you are going home with big dollars in the bank. Some of you are going home with mental health issues. Some of you are going home and you've never had any mental health issues. My point is whatever you're going home to, that's your home life. And it includes your sex and your sexuality and your attitude and your mental health and your money and your relationships and your kids. It includes all of that together. And Jesus said, when you build your home, when you build your life on what I have to say, again, I'm not saying storms won't come. It's not a storm free life, but it'll be a storm-proof life, and it is our foundation that's going to determine our future. And his point is this, that everybody has a home. You may live on a piece of cardboard under a bridge, but that's your home. You may be living an absolute single life and want to be married, but you've not found that person, but that's your life. Everybody has a home, and everybody faces storms. I don't care who you are, everybody faces storms. Everybody has a home. Everybody has storms, and everybody has a foundation. And what's funny is, is that when we go through things and we experience a mighty crash, isn't it funny how a lot of times we blame our home? Well, if I just had more money, if I just had a better job, if I just had a, if I just had a more supportive spouse, if my kids would, if they would, and we want to blame our home. And Jesus is like, it's not the home. I know, Pastor, it's not the home. It's the storms. Like, I have gone through my spot. My wife cheated on me. Like, my kids are out of control. Like, we're in this place. I lost my, like, I went through all this stuff. I went through a layoff. It's the storms. I've, if you went through what I went through, Pastor, like, you would have the same experience. And Jesus said, it's not the home you're from, and it's not the storms you experience. My home is different than your home, and your storms are different than my experience. But what, what Jesus is saying is the determining factor in the stability of your life isn't the home you're from, and it's not the storms you go through. It is the foundation you 
build your life on. That's what determines whether you stand or crash after you go through the storm. And so here's the challenge. I get ready to wrap this up today. My, my hope in my heart is that as we go through this, everybody in this room would agree we have been through, and many of us still are, those who are watching online, Lawrenceburg and Florence, we have gone through an incredibly difficult storm. COVID has been absolutely devastating. It's been an incredible storm that many of us have gone through. And you add on the racial tension and the political tension, and a lot of us are just going through life feeling absolutely overwhelmed. And Jesus said storms would come. The funny thing about COVID, and people talked about this, when it first happened, some of us were like a little relieved. There was a little bit of good because you got to slow down, got a little, a little more time with family, got some breathing room. Anybody remember that? Like this, the first couple weeks, and then like all this other stuff started to break out. And since then, and now in the last several months, sociologists and scientists and everybody who's measuring all this stuff, this is what they're saying, which means if this is what culture is going through, certainly a room this large, certainly thousands of people watching online, this is probably what many of you are going through. This is what they're saying, that people are suffering currently incredible financial crisis. As people go through job loss, as unemployment benefits wear out, mental health is up, anxiety is up, depression's up. Spousal abuse is up, domestic abuse is up, alcohol and drug addiction is up, divorce is up. What I'm telling you is this storm has swept through, and now here's what I just want to ask you to help me with. I just want you to be honest with maybe how this storm has impacted your home, whatever your home is, because I would challenge you to say probably nobody that's connected to our faith church family has gone through the storm and not felt it in some way. And Jesus said storms would come. And so the reason I showed up our first week back to tackle this series called Homework is because there are no second chances. When you lose your marriage, it's gone forever. If you lose your kids, they're gone. Now, Jesus, the beautiful thing about Jesus is he can always offer forgiveness at any time for any reason, for anything you've ever done, and it's always grace available to anybody who will call on his name. But while he can always offer forgiveness, he can't always restore fulfillment. The fulfillment you found in your spouse that you didn't fight through through the storm because you didn't build your marriage on what he said, but what the world said, you lost it, she's gone forever. And please don't take this personal any more than I intended to be, but as your pastor for the last five months, I have heard nonstop of marriages in this house failing and on the ropes. And I've heard of people struggling with anxiety and depression. And I've heard of people going through financial troubles. And I'm like, Jesus, this isn't what you want. He's like, no. I told them storms would come. But if they'll just lean in and listen. Storms will come, but it's your foundation that will determine your future. And so I'm sorry for whatever hurt and heartache and pain that you have gone through, are going through, and for sure will go through. 
because Jesus said. And I don't know what what weight that carries for you, but it carries a lot for me because Jesus said, if you'll hear him and you'll obey him, though the winds blow and the rains come and the floodwaters rise, your house will not fall. So Joshua, this guy in the Old Testament, and this is what I want to challenge. I I pray that you'll just write this down. Write it down here. Write it down when you get home. Just keep looking at it. That this will be the declaration for your home. If your home is just you, it's your home. If your home is six of you, a husband, a wife, and four kids, if it's just you, a single dad, raising a couple kids, or a single mom, whatever your home is, I would challenge you together that this will be your mission statement as a family. Because this is what Joshua said. I, I can't, I, other people are listening to Kardashians and some people are, are listening to Oprah and some people are listening to Bats. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, how it's going down here, come on, everybody. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to take the submission position. I'm going to yield to what Jesus said. And I don't care what storms come. I don't care what waters raise. When it's all said and done, my house is going to stand because I did it his way. How many of you in this room want a storm-proof life? Come on. Let's go, somebody. Hey, listen, as we get ready to go today... We, uh, we wanted to be a blessing to so many of you, and so we put together a gift box. It's available on the way out, and what we're asking is, please don't send your kids to get it. We have a limited number of boxes, but we put together a box. It's a great gift box. It has some adult-themed stuff into it, so make sure your kids don't open it, because that's how we roll at Faith Church. But we're going to cover, here's what we're going to cover through this series. We're going to cover kids. We're going to cover marriage. We're going to cover finances. We're going to cover mental health. We're going to cover all these issues. What we've put together for every family in this room, every family in Lawrenceburg, if you watched online today, we just get a thumbs up. That's all you get. But if you're present, grab a box. We put games in there. We, we, we put, uh, we put um, what's the game we put in? Where's one of my staff? I can't remember. Uno. There's an Uno deck. There's dice games we put in there. We put in stuff for marriages. We put in ideas. There's going to be stuff, giveaways coming for all those. So we put in something you can do to build your kids, something you can do to build your marriage. There's a book on finances in every single box we paid for. Come on, somebody, that you can figure out how to do finances. We put together something that will help you work on your relationship with Jesus, a reading plan. There's some coffee mugs so you can have coffee with Jesus, coffee with your spouse, coffee with your kids. Mm -hmm. But we put all that together in a gift box for you because we want to bless you and we want to help you to build a better life. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for grace and for mercy. Help us, God, to not be stubborn, but to be submitted. That even we we may not like what we hear, help us to submit to what we hear, to lean into your teachings, to build our life, to build our home on what you said. That when the winds come, when the rains come, when the floodwaters rise, our house, our home will stand in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen.